last Wednesday night uh, entitled Faith to Change Your World. Faith to Change Your World. Hebrews chapter 10 and verse 1 said, Now faith. Faith is always in the now. Amen. Faith is always in the now. Now faith is a substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. For by it the elders obtained a good report. By faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God, so that the things which are seen were not made of things which are visible. But without faith, verse 6, it is impossible to please God, for he who comes to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Amen. And then uh, what we want, we got that far last week and where we want to go tonight is Genesis 29. And it said, when the Lord saw in verse 31, excuse me, when the Lord saw that Leah was unloved, he opened her womb, but Rachel was barren. So Leah conceived and bore a son, and she called his name Reuben, for she said, The Lord has surely looked on my affliction. Now therefore my husband will love me. Then she conceived again and bore a son and said, Because the Lord has heard that I am unloved, he has therefore given me this son also. And she called his name Simeon. She conceived again, bore a son, and said, Now this time my husband will become attached to me because I have borne him three sons. Therefore his name shall be called Levi. And she conceived again and bore a son and said, Now I will praise the Lord. Therefore she called his name Judah, and she stopped bearing. Amen. We talked last week about uh, faith, that faith frames your world. It is the words that come out of your mouth that determine what is in your heart. And it is those words that frame your world. If you don't like the way that your world is, then you have to change your words. Now, it isn't just about changing your words, but it is from the understanding that from the abundance of the heart, your mouth really speaks, right? So it isn't just about changing your words, but it's about where your words are coming from. It is about a, a, a heart issue that, that you have to change. And we said it that in Second Corinthians 4, there is visible things that are temporal and invisible things that are eternal. And faith without works is dead being alone. And so we began to talk about this, and we talked about how that uh, through all of this process that it isn't about uh, just what we, we say that we believe, but it is the faith that we walk out. And so we talked about the impossibilities of man, but everything is possible with God, right? And then we went on to Matthew 17, and we said that if you have the grain of a mustard seed, a faith of the grain of a mustard seed, you'll say to the mountain, be removed and, and it shall be possible. Uh, it shall happen because there's nothing impossible to them that believe. Amen. And then uh, we went on and we said that, that faith is a key ingredient. You must release your faith. And it is uh, a, at some point in your life, you have to not just walk, but, uh, but you have to walk by faith, Right? 
And it isn't just about us saying or speaking a thing because faith without works is dead. So therefore, we have to walk this thing out. And then we uh, said that when we were uh, younger, we thought that, you know, things happened accidentally, that accidentally we got blessed and accidentally, uh, you know, it, it just happened in our life. But as we get older and we walk with God for a while, we realize that everything that happens in our life, it is because we have somehow knowingly or unknowingly positioned ourselves in such a place to receive a blessing. We have a positioned our, it's no accident in other words, but there is something that has triggered the blessing. There is something that has brought the work into your life. And so you begin as you walk with the Lord to calculate and deliberately you begin to premeditate and you begin to plan so that you believe God for the blessing to come into your life. It isn't a rare thing, but you begin to believe God that you walk under the unopened heavens that will be revealed in your life on a perpetual ongoing basis, right? That, that you believe God, that you ask and you shall receive, you seek and you find, you knock and the door will be open to you. Amen? Because it is faith that gets God's attention. Amen? It's faith that God, it gets God's attention. He says, I haven't seen such great faith in all of the house of Israel. I haven't seen this kind of faith. And blind Barnabas got uh, God's, uh, Jesus' attention when he had a cry of faith that called out to him and said, Have mercy upon me. The woman with the issue of blood uh, reached out through the crowd and she, she touched him with her faith and, and uh, virtue came from him and healing took place in his life. God has put uh, you and he has put inside of you all of the ingredients that you need to succeed. Amen. Everything that you have can be found within you. He has not created us without with lack, but he has created us with the ability that we can accomplish everything that we set our heart to do. And Romans 12 and 3 said, God hath dealt to every man a measure of faith. And so we have to operate in that faith that God gives us. We said it's like a muscle. The more you exercise it, the more that it grows, right? Amen. And so faith is that currency of heaven. Uh, God, God do, doesn't, you know, I've seen, you know, a lot of folks got $1,000 lines and $5,000 lines and $500 blessings. Y'all ain't never seen that. Amen. But it isn't money. That moves God. It's if currency, money don't spend in heaven. It's faith that is the currency of the kingdom. And so when we operate in this realm, we have to operate in a realm of faith that we believe. Amen. Your faith can change your world. Amen. Your faith can change your world. And so what we have to do is operate in that faith. Amen. Not just say one thing today and say something else tomorrow. Not speak double-minded because a double-minded man is unstable in all of his ways. So you can't make a confession or say a thing in the church and then say something negative outside the church and then expect to get a harvest from that. Amen? Because it won't work. But we see we have to speak those things in that we have learned in the light 
we have to speak that in the night. In the dark season of our life, we have to continue to declare the decree that the Lord has spoken over us. Amen. Those things that God has revealed to us in the time of blessing, when the time of difficulty comes, we can't change our confession because circumstances have changed, because the God that has spoken is still the same. Amen. And so we speak the blessing of God when people can understand it and when they can't. We, de- we declare the word of the Lord. Amen. And, and, and the problem, we, you know, had a little bit of fun with it last week. But, uh, you know, people will want to, they even get it. You know, it's, it's my arthritis and my cancer and my this and my that. Amen. Have at it, baby. Amen. And then people get this, you know, this uh, humble. It's, I believe it's false humility. You know, God's just getting the glory out of this. And, and so I said that, you know, if God's getting the glory out of it, then quit going to the doctor. And just throw all your pills away, right? I mean, if that's the case, then get up, let God get all the glory. Amen. But I mean, no, that's not the truth. And we've heard of people say, well, you know, God's just teaching me something in this. And I, and I just I said, you know, and I don't know, maybe I'm strange, but that's the only time I didn't go to school is when I was sick. Amen. And I can't think whenever you're sick. Whenever your body is sick, you can't think. You can't uh, do things on the level that you can when you're well, right? And so we, we, we've spoken these things, but when we think about them, there really, there's no truth in them. Amen. And so we have to think upon the things of the way God said it. And God, God hasn't brought sickness to nobody. He hasn't made, he ain't mad and, and he isn't trying to, you know, kill somebody or he's not trying to punish someone. He, he is a good God. And the Bible said every good and perfect gift comes from the Father above, right? Amen. And so that leads us to understand that if it's not good, if it's not perfect, and if it's bad, then it has come from hell. Amen. And so we've got to get that right. Because, you see, a lot of us say we don't believe it, but our words are our barometer. Our words tell us, uh, what we're really saying. In Luke chapter 6, I think this is where we let off last week. Luke chapter 6, verse 45. A good man out of a good treasure of his heart bringeth forth that which is good. And an evil man out of an evil treasure of his heart bringeth forth that which is evil. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Abundance means excess. Out of the excess of your heart, you'll begin to speak. And so you may be declaring uh, on Sunday that God is good, but if you're cursing Him on Monday, amen? If you're saying God is wonderful on Sunday, but out of your abundance, out of your excess, you're blaming God, you're saying, God, you did this, God, you did that, God, you ain't good, whatever, then that's what's really in your heart. And you have to understand that your heart has to get cleansed. Amen. There has to be a purging in our hearts for us to understand that God is good all the time. And difficult things may come to me. Bad things may come my way. But God is still good. 
Amen. Hallelujah. You see, uh, in the National Gallup survey uh, done by American posters, that the, uh, the question was asked, what is the most aggravating and irritating thing that you encounter on a daily basis? Number one answer was, uh, see, number one answer was this, shoelaces that break after I leave the house. That's bad, ain't it? Standing in lines that don't move. And third, people that are always late and slow drivers. Amen. Then, excuse me, that is number two, three, and four. Number one thing is this, is... uh, when I put money into a vending machine and make my selection and nothing comes out. There was a footnote there that said people weren't irritated or aggravated or uh, at the fact that they didn't get the drink or the soda or they didn't get the snack that they, or even that they lost their money. But they felt like that they was cheated deliberately. When you pay for something, you want it. Amen? And what we do, what, when we do what is right and we're treated wrong, amen, it, it causes us to be frustrated. How many have done what you felt was right and still didn't get the right result? You didn't get what you thought you were getting. You didn't get the answer you thought you were getting. Amen. The question is, what do you do when life's not fair? What do you do whenever you've done your best and yet you don't get treated right? It's all right. I got, I'm getting some feel good messages if you'd like me to. Amen. But this is reality, isn't it? Isn't everybody done the right thing and got treated wrong? Isn't everybody went down the road and done the best you knew how to do only to find at the end of it the results that you did not desire? That's what we're at. Winston, Sir Winston Churchill, he held the nation of uh, England together during the great trial and conflicts. He stood before the queen and the a parliament and he made his speech and he held that nation together and told them that we can make it. And this little five foot, seven inch man stood before a nation and singly handedly held it together only for them to uh, just days before that England would conquer and ha- have a victory in their nation. 30 days before that, England would fire uh, Winston Churchill. His wife says to him and trying to encourage him, don't worry, it's probably a blessing in disguise. To that, Winston says, if it is, it's really disguised. Amen. (laughs) Things are going to happen in your life that are not fair. That, uh, you know, that 
we say, God, what's going on? How come? But the reality is that it isn't just something that I'm not talking about, you know, you ordered the pizza and it came cold. I'm not talking about your shoelaces broke on the way to work. I'm not talking about, you know, you you on a diet, eating styrofoam, drinking water like a fish and still gain five pounds and that joker beside of you. Eating everything in sight. Come on, right? I ain't talking about that kind of problem. I'm talking about you've done your very flat level best. Amen. You've done all that you know to do only to come up in the midst of the crisis, the midst of the trouble, the midst of turmoil in your life when you've done all that you know to do. But you see, the Bible tells us right before, way before Sir Winston Churchill, Job tells us in verse chapter 14, a man that is born of woman is a few days and they're full of trouble. In other words, it isn't always going to be rosy. It's not always going to go your way. John tells us in this world, you shall have tribulation. Amen. But be of good cheer, for I have overcome the world and greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Amen. Praise God. And so tonight we know that we can overcome. Tonight we know that there will be tribulation, but God has equipped us and placed us strategically so that we can be of good cheer and we can overcome every situation. Amen. Look at your neighbor and tell him, be of good cheer. You can overcome. Now, here's a story that's interesting to me, the story that we read tonight in Genesis. You see Leah, she had a right to complain. Her name meant tender-eyed. Some said she was crooked-eyed. In other words, she could watch the traffic going up and down the street on both sides. She, she, uh, one translation said she had that mad cow eye look in her eye. So, in other words, the best way to explain Miss Leah is uh, she didn't have it going on. She wasn't winning any beauty contest. All right, uh, she had. She wasn't the most beautiful one in the world, and but yet we see that to add insult to injury. Her little sister, Rachel, is the beauty queen. You get the picture. They had the same parents, and yet they're completely different. The Bible says of Rachel in chapter 29 and verse 17, Rachel was beautiful and well-favored. Rachel was listed in the yearbook as most attractive. And Leah's place... It had photo not available. You'll get it going home. (laughs) That was bad. First time Jacob laid his eyes on Rachel, he was love struck. He fell head over heels in love with her. And Genesis chapter 29 and verse 11 said, when he saw her, he wept. He went to pieces. 
He, he wanted her hand in marriage. He wanted this to be the one that he would be with the rest of his life and ask her father for his, her hand in marriage. And said, he said to him, you go and work for seven years. And you know what happened? He did just what uh, his, the father-in-law would tell him to do. Genesis 29 and verse 20, it said, it seemed but a few days for the love Jacob had for her. And at the end of that seven years, Jacob was uh, tricked into marrying Leah and not Rachel. Amen. Now, there's a whole lot in that story I just can't figure out. Amen. But all, all I can tell you is, as the Bible said, when he woke up the next morning, he, he realized this ain't the beauty queen that I signed up for. Right? Now, you know that she had to be ugly for her father to have to put her off in this kind of fashion. But I want you to understand something, that even though that she didn't have a whole lot going for her uh, when people looked at her, she had something going for her that Rachel did not. You see, Leah and Rachel are a perfect picture of religion and a relationship. Leah represents religion because it tells you if you work hard enough, if you work long enough, if you do all of these things well enough, at the end of the journey, you will be rewarded for what you have worked and labored hard for. Amen. And after all the work, after all the labor, after you've done your very best, you wake up only to find out you did not receive what you signed up for. Amen. But Rachel, it represents a relationship. Now, the Bible said that, that Jacob served for seven years for Leah. But when you read the story, it says he went and, and, and faced his father-in-law. And he said, now, this is what you said. This is not what happened. And he said, okay, uh, you're going to have to keep Leah, right? But he said, I'm going to go ahead and give you Rachel and you work for another seven years. Amen. It, Rachel represents a relationship because Jacob did not have to work another seven years before he got Rachel. But because he received Rachel, he worked for seven years. Do you see the difference? It's out of our salvation that we're working. It's out of that relationship. It isn't, I'm not working trying to get something. I'm working out of something that I have. Glory to God. And it is that relationship. It is that experience with God that is real in my life tonight that I'm not trying to strive for. I'm not trying to get something. I'm not hoping for something, but I already have it. Praise God. His anointing. His love, His grace, His mercy is working in my life right now. And out of that love, grace, and mercy, out of that relationship, I want to serve Him and do whatever I can for Him. Amen. Amen. Leah had, you know, Rachel, she was the one that got the royal treatment, right? She was treated like a queen. She was living on the lap of luxury. She, uh, you know, was shown affection and flowery words and all of these things. She had all of the finest. But Leah had an, one area that she excelled in, and that was she was fertile. Amen. She wasn't drop-dead gorgeous like her sister Rachel, but she was fertile. To preserve the family lineage... Jacob has to lie with Leah 
And he, in order for him to have children. In verse 32, it says she conceived and bare a son that she called Reuben. The Hebrew, Raha, approval, consider, regard, respect. She was convinced that because she had uh, given him this son, that she would now get the approval of Jacob. She would get the respect of Jacob. Amen. For years, I, you know, I've fixed you breakfast. For years, I've made you dinner. I've made your bed. I've washed your clothes. I've cleaned your tent. Uh, and, and now you need to give me some respect. I've given you this son to carry on the family name. But yet it does not happen. She goes on in verse 33, conceives again. His name is Simeon. It means to give, to give here, to listen, to understand. Amen. She said, I've been lonely in this life. It's been a rocky marriage. I've been through all of these things. I've been treated unfairly. Nobody has listened to me. But she said, I want for somebody to hear me. I want, uh, Jacob, I want you to listen to me. She was naming him Simeon, but yet she did not gain the ear of Jacob. So she conceives again and has this son by the name of Levi, which means to be intertwined, to abide with, to join or to cleave. She said, surely I've borne you three sons. Now we will abide together. We will cling together. We will be intertwined. We'll become as one now. We'll have relationship now. But yet we look and see that that did not happen. And she bears a son again in verse 35. Amen. What's the boy's name going to be? Aggravation, irritation, cheated, mistreated. No, she said, this time I'm going to name him Judah. Amen. You see, what we get caught up in is we try to look for the approval of man. And we get too busy trying to get people to pay attention or people to approve of us. Yes, we want people to like us. We're not crazy. We want people to have relationships and all of those godly relationships and that kind of thing. But I want to tell you, until you get free from the expectations of people, you will never please God. You will never worship him the way he rightly deserves to be worshiped. You cannot allow the expectations of men to hold you back because if you're all the time trying to please them, listen to me tonight. I'm not a psychologist, but I am a preacher of the gospel and I can tell you that people are schizophrenic at best. Amen. They'll, they'll tell you one thing today and you do that and they'll laugh at you tomorrow saying, why did you do that? Amen. They don't know what they, nobody, we don't know what we need, but it's God that knows what we need. You can't put your trust, some trust in horses, some trust in chariots, but I'll put my trust in the Lord. Amen. You've got to put your trust in him and say, Hey, I'm going to bless God. I'm going to not go and try to work and labor and toil. And if I do this right, and if I do that right, no, the devil is a liar. I'm not going to try to work to get something, I'm going to work because I already have something. And out of my relationship with him, I am going to bless his name. I'm going to praise him. I'm going to serve him and say, God, I want to be used of you. Amen. It's interesting to me. People pray and say, God, I want to be used. And then whenever 
whenever they are, are used, then they say, well, I'm being abused. Can't figure them out. Amen. I want to be used by God. I want him to use me. I want him to manifest in my life and allow me to be an instrument, a channel, a conduit that he can flow through and make a difference in people's lives. Amen. She said, I've done everything I know to do to make you happy, Jacob. But I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to keep on being your wife. But I'm not going to allow you to dictate to me if I'm going to be happy anymore. I'm not going to allow your opinion to become my approval. I'm going to praise God. I'm going to worship him. I'm, I'm going to name this baby not agitated, aggravated. I'm not going to name him after what I'm going through. I'm going to name him according to what I'm going to do. Hallelujah. You see, I want to say to you tonight that we cannot change and we cannot, uh, sometimes we can't even control what comes our way, but we can control the outcome of what comes our way. Amen. It, how do we do that? We do that because we understand that it isn't about what we're going through. It's about the attitude in which I live what I'm going through out. Amen. And if I don't allow people and I don't allow things, amen, to change my heart and cause it to become hardened and cause me to begin to speak those things that are not according to the will of God, if I will continue to walk out his promise, continue to speak his word, Amen. Trouble will come, but I'm determined in my heart. Yes, I can't control these problems that have come, but I'm going to control the outcome. How am I going to do that? I'm going to name this situation praise. I'm going to praise my way through this dilemma. I'm going to praise my way through this trouble. I'm going to praise my way through this heartache. I'm not going to allow these present day circumstances to hold me back or determine who I am or determine my value in life because I'm more than that. Praise God. Yes, I may have a problem. Yes, I may be sick. Yes, I may have difficulty, but that's not who I am. I'm a praiser, baby. I'm a worshiper and I'm going to lift up his name and glorify him because I know one thing. You can't help me. Circumstances can't help me, but there is a God that can help me. And so I'm purposing in my heart that I'm going to lift him up. I'm going to to glorify his name because darkness can only endure for the night but my joy is coming in the morning so therefore I will rejoice in the Lord always and again I say rejoice hallelujah amen I can determine amen I can control the outcome of my life I cannot control what comes, but I can control the outcome. Because I refuse to allow the things that I'm going through to determine my faith and what I speak. <laughs> Amen. Let the weak say I'm strong. Let the poor say I am rich. <laughs> Hallelujah. 
well, that's just lying. No, that's proclaiming what God said about you. Amen. You might be in a place that is poor, but God called you rich. You might be in a place that is sick, but God called you healed. Amen. And so I'm going to line up with what God has said about me, and I'm going to declare that as I worship and praise him and know that he's working all things according to his purpose in my life. Amen. And victory is going to come in me. Amen. That's the reason why I've boldly confessed for years I always win and I never lose. Amen. I always win and I never lose. That doesn't mean, Brother Bo, I ain't had some bad days. That just means I don't quit. (laughs) You may look at pastor every once in a while and say, oh, you might lose this one, but just keep on watching, baby, because the day ain't over yet. Amen. I said the day isn't over yet. And I'm just, I got the tenacity of a bulldog. I I know the word of God. I know the promise of God. I know that God has pulled me out of some things that only God could pull me out of. Amen. I know that. And it wasn't because when I was down and out that I said, oh my, what a terrible hoe I'm in. And start agreeing with my circumstances. It was because I never lost the confession of faith. Amen. That God, it may be dark today, but I know I'm going to frame my tomorrow and my tomorrow is brighter than my past. Amen. My, my future is brighter than what I've been walking through. And I begin to declare and I begin to speak over my life, not the negative, not the doubt, not the frustration. It's easy for you to do that. But you got to know God. said you got to know God. I'm almost done. But you got to know God. You don't, you, you can't know about God because if you just know about God, you'll be frustrated all your life. Amen. You've got to know God. And the Bible said, they that know their God shall be strong and do exploits. Amen. And so tonight, Don't allow fads. Don't allow the things of the present day to dictate to you and to control or determine who you are. Hold on to the word of God and never let go of the word of God in your life. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. I know I'm not a fashion preacher. I know I'm not in style. But I'm going to hold out long enough until it comes around. (laughs) Amen? (laughs) And whenever it comes around, I'll be ready. Because I try to be as relevant as I can, and I'm going to continue to be as relevant as I can. But you see, it isn't in in the thing, those things that are my strengths, that's my weakness. But my strength is in the power gifts, setting the captive free, healing the brokenhearted, and setting at liberty those that are bruised. Amen. And I know there isn't a great outcry for it yet, but we're getting into a place where there is going to be. Amen. There's going to be a great cry in our land because we're a broken nation. 
Amen. And we're going to be sitting right in a place where God can use us in a mighty way. Hallelujah. Amen. And so don't get discouraged where you are. Just continue to confess the word of God over your today and change your tomorrow. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise God. Isn't God good? Amen. Come on, give him a praise tonight.